Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, the ink's not even dry on a 12-team college football playoff, and already they're talking about 14 or 16 teams. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. I'm old enough to remember when there was a 12-team playoff. <laughs> but a 14-team playoff. That's oh ancient history. It moves. College football always moves fast, and I think the momentum is picking up. But this is an all-timer. To go from the report that they officially cemented the structure of the 12-team playoff, the 5 plus 7, everybody was happy. I, I can't believe how fast ESPN Pete Thamel, our old buddy, came out with the report that they were in Dallas and they were seriously talking about 14 teams. And the way Thamel reported it, Made it seem like, oh, somebody told me to say this so we can get it out there and float out to the public because it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. So you're probably going to get two years now of 12 teams, and then it's going to automatically bump up to 14. So after 2024 and 2025, then it's going to go to 14 or 16 or who knows. And listen, yeah. why just just hold their beer until we get to 64? I mean, what are we doing? Everyone's brain's going to be mush, but nobody cares about that. I mean, here's the thing, right? This is obviously going one way. And if you have 14 teams, hmm, what does that look like? The NFL, who's got seven on one side and seven on the other, and the top two seeds get a bye, and then everyone else plays on Super Wild Card Weekend. But here's Mm. the thing. You're asking professional athletes to play, you know, 20 games if they're going to win a Super Bowl. You might be asking now with the 14 teams, You might be asking a team to play in their conference championship game and then play an additional four games. At what point for a non-professional athlete does this become too many games? Well, it's ridiculous that they're non-professional. And by the way, there's a lot of movement towards making them professional. So, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's ridiculous that if you're going to bring in all this money for this, that some of that money has to go to the players, or my head is going to explode. This is this fraud has gone on for a hundred years now. Like, pay this. Pay the players. This is ridiculous. Uh, you're right. It's too much. As far as the the wear and tear on the body and the head injuries and stuff like that, 
then you're getting into a real area. And there's no easy answer for that. If you're going to do this, you definitely have to increase the health care for college football players. No doubt. Uh, and there will be plenty of money to do that. So stop, stop being selfish, college football. If you're doing this, make sure you share the pie. That being said, we're only talking about how many teams are playing those extra games, two or three. It doesn't affect a large percentage of the sport. That's Most true. teams are not going to be alive at the end. We're talking about... Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, and a couple other teams are going to be affected. I don't think most teams even care about this structure that much. Well, but see, that's the whole reason why you go to a single elimination tournament is because it takes some of the automaticness, if you will, or the inevitability of the, you know, maybe it does expand the pool a little bit more to get some more interesting champions. Now, what they're talking about with the expansion is they want more automatic qualifiers, right? They want more automatic qualifiers, particularly for the Big Ten and the SEC. Good luck to you, Big 12. Good luck to you, ACC. And the group of five, you get your one. And everyone else is basically going to be fighting for the scraps of whatever's left, which is not much. If you're looking at, like, maybe two bids for a Big 12 and for an ACC, they want the... The Big Ten and the SEC want to become the AFC and the NFC, and this would get them one step closer to that. Okay, actually, let's do the math here. So you have, if you have eight SEC, uh, eight SEC and Big Ten schools, one group of five, that's nine spots. Then you have ten is an automatic ACC, eleven is an automatic Big Twelve. So that means three spots that are open. Let's be realistic. Are there three ACC teams and Big 12 teams that are going to deserve to get in, or that's just going to be more SEC and Big 10 teams? That's what they want. The SEC and the Big 10 want to take this thing over, and in these committee meetings and where this stuff is getting decided, they are going to steamroll the Big 12 and the ACC because they don't have better teams. They should. I mean, that's the way it should be. This is not unfair. To me, the SEC and the Big 12 dominating this playoff, because last year I thought Georgia was probably better than Texas. Uh, pro- if you're going to get the best teams, I do. I, I say get rid of all these guidelines and just be open to it and just put the best teams in. And that's going to end up being five SEC teams and three Big Ten teams any year. So I don't know why the SEC is even demanding this structure. They should say, say leave it wide open because we know that the SEC, SEC teams are good. We know okay. LSU can dom. If LSU was in the Big 12, they would roll. No, but here's the thing. I, I think what the SEC and Big Ten want about this, well, number one, money, of course. But number two is they want, it's like, they're saying it'll be less subjective if you give us the automatic yeah. qualifiers because it's just going to be the ranking of, you know, Al- Georgia, you know, Alabama, LSU, what, however you think it's going to go, for, they'll get the automatic qualifiers and there's less of a subjectivity to it where something like Florida State last year happens where they get left out even though they should have been in the top four. Right, I understand. But if you have 14 teams, you should be able to make these decisions rationally. I mean, the quote unquote committee is supposed to be experts at this. So they should see, they should see that I say Ole Miss has three losses that they're better than a two loss Baylor, for example, like they should know this. I don't think you need that guardrail personally. I think these guardrails are going to actually cause problems. The more rules you set up, the more college football is going to mess itself up. That's how it's always worked. Yeah. I don't love this. I wanted to see how the 12 team was going to go for a little bit. Why can't we do that? I well, like the five and seven. Maybe why? get some, cause I like the conference champion. I like, you have to win some, Something to get into this tournament, uh, unless you're Notre Dame. I like that you got to win something to get in, and but you still have that, don't you? Uh, no, I like that the top four get a buy. 
Like you're you're playing okay. for something where not just the top two teams get a bye, but the top four. To be honest, I liked it. I liked it better in the NFL when the top two seeds in the AFC and the NFC both got buys. But, I think you could make an argument though that the top two seeds getting a bye is more fair because that four seed. I didn't think that was fair at all. Say ACC, a three loss North Carolina gets that bye over a one loss Alabama or Georgia. That's not fair. So okay. that system was always a little flawed logically as well. Okay, but look at what you're going to set up now. You'd be better off being a lower seed if you have a 14 or a 16 team playoff you'd be probably better off being a lower seed because you don't have to play in the conference championship so you don't even have to play that 13th Hmm. game and you can still get into this tournament and i do think we talk about i know we're picking on the acc and i gotta defend the acc a little bit remember we just had a big 10 championship game where it was michigan versus iowa and if iowa beats michigan guess what iowa would have been a three team three loss or four loss team that gets that gets that by like I don't, I don't, I think it's it's unfair to pick on the ACC. Well, that's the, that's the only way we can get a scrub team that gets a top seed. Like that could have happened in the SEC. We've seen t- years where the SEC East or SEC West is down, and there are teams with multiple losses. That could have happened uh, in the Big Ten this year. So it's not only ACC where you could have that conundrum. Yeah, yeah but you also you made it to the SEC right, championship exactly. game two years ago. Brian two years Kelly's ago. first year, right? Exactly. You are, well, they would make a fourteen team, but you yeah. also have the trend where we're getting rid of the, the divisions. I mean that that yes. is that's a good trend too because that's ridiculous. It should Within always the be conference. the conference. Yeah, it should be the one versus two because of the exact reason. I I think that's where things are headed in college football. Also, too, it's a much more lucrative. They don't want Michigan-Iowa playing when they could have. They just didn't want to go Michigan-Ohio State back-to-back so often. I, I think I think the way college football, it's getting like the NFL. One of the big problems I have with college football is the uh, beginning part of the schedule is so crappy. I would like and to see. And that's only getting crappier. Yeah, I see, I would like them to see. I, I can't wait for the Big Ten SEC merger so we have more of an NFL schedule, so there aren't so many bad weeks of competition. I would like to see them actually sit back and say, hey, we, we're giving away money by having uh, you know Alabama play Morgan State in week three when we could have them play, say, Oregon or okay, somebody. Well, just get more big matchups going. Well, think about it. I mean, the SEC said if you want us to play a nine-game schedule or whatever it was, we're going to need some more money for that because you, know, you want us to play more competitive games, you're going to have to show us a little bit more love. The uh, expanding the playoffs more is only going to lead to more meaningless games in the beginning part of the season. And Matt Rule of Nebraska came out and said as much last week. He's like, why would I ever schedule a Power 5 conference, Power 4, pardon me, in a in non-conference? It makes no sense now because all that matters is what you do in your conference. Well, I think the committee has to actually do what they say they're going to do and reward strength of schedule in a big way. I think they have to come on. Let's look at Georgia last year. There is no way that if you're actually make it fair, put Georgia in the final four. If you know they're the best team, just forget, put strength the schedule. Well, actually Georgia didn't play anybody. So that's a hard one, but generally just get rid of all the rules and say, listen, we all know all the fans know who the best teams are. And if you schedule crap, we're going to penalize you for it. And by the way, I, I don't know. Nebraska, is there a schedule easy enough for Nebraska to get to this <laughs> playoff? Can you, Im- can you imagine who they'd have to schedule to get to this hey, they, 14th they playoff? Now. They think they got some hope, maybe. Yeah, right. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help you guys in Lincoln. Shout out. You did, they need a lot of help. And by the way, they have Rayola now. <laughs> they have him now. He's not Next sure week. he's going to make he's it. He's already flipped. He's practice. already been on every major program in the country at one point or another. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It's funny, Pearl, if you say that college football moves fast, that's recent. 
It used to move really, really slow, right? Slow, 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 and then speed up. And the pandemic sped up college football in a crazy way because the hypocrisy of student-athletes got really exposed yeah. when most of the actual students couldn't be on campus. But come on out, yeah. football players. <laughs> Get on out there. COVID be damned. Well, the courts also, even before COVID, the, around eighteen nineteen, the courts started to kill the NCAA for antitrust stuff. And then the Congress said, ooh, people don't like the NCAA. I could come out and make a grandstand here. So the the courts and the legislators have really killed college football. So now it's like, that's why it's pro. I think Nick Saban is going on a speaking tour, I guess, to have payers get play, uh, sorry, players get paid. Yeah. That's going to work. It will. It should. We all know this. And let's... You almost just want to fast forward to when they get to the two conferences. And I know, EJ, the ACC, it's ironclad and the paperwork yep. and all of that. And the Big 12 has been gobbling up teams left and right and trying to hang on. I mean, we know where this is going. We know where it's headed. Is it going to get there in 2030? Is it going to be 2035? Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be basically the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, just quick. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, a quick question. In that formula, what do we lose? Rivalries is what? Well, what those are we are basically gone? Charm anyway. is it? I, I don't, I'm I, not sure what's what's that. I think you're that essentially going to lose affiliation, true affiliation with the school. I mean, you'll be mm. known as the you know Auburn Tigers, but what type of affiliation do you actually have with the school? I don't know. But what's the difference? You've been paying players at Auburn for 30 years. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> I, I Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think the affiliation goes down that much. I think you can survive this. You can become like the NFL because you are like the NFL. You're, you're a major, major television product. I don't think that the, the negatives are really going to impact the sport. I, I actually, think it's still going to be college football. I actually think that once we finally get to this uh, eventual, you know, two team, two two super leagues, basically, or yep. you split the, the, the country in half with college football, I actually think a lot of the rivalries will come back. Because what you end up happening is what you have in the NFL. You'll have uh, SEC East, SEC South, SEC North, and you just put all the teams that are in the same geographical ge- geographical. Uh, area and you'll have them just play each other like you won't have what we had the last two years or three years where you had texas a&m leaving the big 12 to go to the sec and you don't get uh texas and texas a&m for four or five years like those teams now they're going to be in the same division now and they're going to do that with everybody moving forward so i think the one maybe silver lining in this the conference is blowing up is that you think the rivalries will come back because you're going to have to put these teams in geographical places that make sense anyway. Yeah, I mean, you wish you'd do that now, right? Stanford and the ACC makes no sense, all that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, the thing is about the NFL, 32 teams. It's a lot easier to keep the rivalry going and you get to serve and play outside of your division and all of that, and you can serve a lot of masters there. Yeah, but most, college, most colleges legitimately have no more than – Two, two rivals. rivals. Yeah. Like, you know, if I'm a Miami fan, I only care about us when we face Florida State and every other year we play Florida. Florida in fact, right. Florida's been ducking Miami smoke for so long, I would love to be in the SEC because then you're going to be in the same division, in the same state, so then they can't avoid playing Miami all these years. So none of these ACC schools, have, except for Florida State, have raised to the level of rival, even though they've been in the same conference for no, a while they, now? I mean, they've tried oh. They've tried Notre Dame. They've tried uh, Notre Dame a little bit, even though they're not technically in the conference. They've yeah. tried... Uh, to make Pitt a thing. North like, Carolina? No. North Carolina, they tried to make a thing. I mean, Miami can't beat them, so it's a difference when it comes to that rivalry. But, no, it's 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 been Florida State, and that's been it. Well, and let's flip over to the basketball just for a second because we're going to be talking about basketball a lot more in the next couple weeks yeah. to come, which is how does this all impact basketball where you still do have the great ACC rival of Duke, North Carolina. But I think, have you guys heard a little bit of Adam Silver and what he's been talking about when it comes to the G League? Now, 
it's like now that there's NIL and the college basketball money can be so much bigger, does the G League really take a hit here where maybe that sort of minor league goes away and you end up getting a resurgence of college basketball on the men's side? Let's talk about for a moment. Women's side is actually doing great. But on the men's side, does it flip backwards, pull off, and you end up getting a resurgence back to college basketball on the men's side because the NIL money can so much far outweigh the G League money? Maybe, but is is it isn't one and done as well. It, as much NIL money as there is, these NBA contracts aren't you going to rush to? Is it isn't one and done the bigger enemy to college basketball than even the G League? Because how many great G League players are there? Four or five. But how if you're a really great player, you're going to leave after well, one year? You might, but also now you can transfer easily. Maybe you play two years if you if you do play two years. Yeah. Maybe you play to two different schools. Maybe that makes it kind of fun. We love free agency in basketball almost as much as any sport. Maybe you get that a little bit on the college side, too, and it creates a little bit more buzz. Well, yeah, go ahead, Pearl. Sorry. I mean, yeah, Zion Zion did one year at Duke. That's the last, to me, the last must-see college basketball player, probably. Like, the you know, Barack went to the, Barack, President Obama went yeah. to the game, and it was a huge deal. I, he picked college basketball. That didn't save the sport at all. So, I don't know. I think one and done is a bigger enemy than G League. Because the G League guys are only going to stay there for one year anyway. So, what's what difference is it going to make? I don't know. Like Zion may not have saved college basketball, but he was the story of sports really, yeah, during yeah. That, that run. And, and I, I would argue that what the G League has done is actually really hurt college basketball. Because what we have now is you have players who we're not we're seeing the best guys some of the best guys playing in the G League they're not playing college basketball right. so we're not getting familiar with them so you're losing stars in college basketball that typically could have been a Zion or could have been a whatever where we're following for a year and we're really captivated by their one year journey instead they're playing in G League where nobody's watching so not only does it hurt college basketball in that instance it's also hurting the NBA because in the NBA draft you're looking yeah, at guys where guys? people don't know who these guys are, yeah. even though if they yeah. went to college, they probably would have been mega stars. But just for one year, you think that that's enough? I think that we think we remember Derrick Rose's one year at Memphis. We remember Anthony Kevin Davis. Durant's one year. We remember but Anthony Davis. We think remember Carlton Towns. We, those those were not oh we, like you know they happened and nobody knew who they are. Those guys were big stars when they got to the NBA. But I would argue the NBA draft when one and done started, the NBA draft started to slide down big oh, time. Well, definitely, but I, I think. But I'll can, bet you the ratings have slid enormously going back. 15 years, no, not they, five years. But they can get it back. They can get, I think they can get it back, and the NIL is the way to do it. And maybe if, you know, because basketball just sort of gets dragged along here with whatever football happens to want to do, maybe this actually ends up helping basketball. Maybe having it be a little bit more like it's NBA, Eastern Conference, Western Conference right. could be a little better for college hoops too. I don't know. And remember, the NBA, we think about what the draft was before one and done. Remember, it wasn't guys staying four or five years. It was high school. That was way, way uh, worse for the NBA Yeah, maybe draft. that's what it started And way worse than that. In fact, the one and done actually helped the NBA draft because people actually didn't got to see Kevin Durant average 25, 26 at Texas and say, oh, I watched that guy. But I saw Greg Oden do what he did. That, but, that helped the NBA draft. What about 93? You had Penny Hardaway, Chris Weber, and Sean Bradley. That's I mean, ancient history, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying that's, <laughs> that's, but that's when the NBA, the NBA draft was like the NFL draft. It was, you would spend a lot of time, and Bill Simmons would write up these great things. Like, that, it used to be and, way, way, way bigger. And yet, last year's ratings for the NBA draft were as high as it's been in years. What were they, 8 million? 7 it million? Was, it, was, it was the highest rated draft ever. Which we talked about this two weeks what? ago. We yeah. forgot. And yeah. the NBA draft was the highest. Well, this one was the highest televised draft ever. Yes. 855 212 cbs 855 212 All right. We are getting, speaking of college football, one of these stars, one of the great players in college football history, uh, getting real honest 
about his career and about his life. I'll get to that next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. It is hard work for us. We have to fix college football. Now we're fixing college basketball. Listen, Can't we just have a normal Thursday without a sport being in flux, Maggie? <laughs> no, I mean, this is why we're here. Thank goodness they have us. Yeah. Although, all these good ideas. Although you have to move fast and be on your feet to keep up with college football these days. No, I mean, ink's not even dry on 12-team champion, a 12-team college football playoff. Now they want to go to 14, 16 I don't even know what's logical after that. I don't like 14, and I'll tell you why. why. I just don't like the number 14. It doesn't make any sense. You can't divide it. You say it's like the NFL. The NFL has been that way for two years. What it's, is this music, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> New. <laughs> Where'd you find this? Uh, in our uh, in our database system. Got it. Wait, I is that it's like smooth jazz or something? What is this? A little elevator. A little elevator. I feel like music. I should be at a breakfast buffet. Or something. I'm like it, a cruise ship. I'll keep it underneath for the entire segment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a little background music. I'm sorry, Pearl, if you're saying. Oh, no. It's, let's talk more about this music. <laughs> Somewhere there's a creative. Guys are jamming on the guitar right now. This is like yeah, when guys look over at each other and smile. Like bassist smiles at the guitar. <laughs> bassist smiles at the drummer. We have access to every song in the history of mankind. Yet this is what we're playing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a free song that comes with a keyboard, like a pre preset. You know. I think we need to play some Spin Doctors to get uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers. Uh, oh no! Are Doc Rivers the the Spin Doctor? <laughs> Doc Rivers just came in. He just said that uh, that Victor Miyama guy. I told the Spurs <laughs> might want to take France. him. Might want to take him. The funny thing is, Perloff was pushing back that this is not alt-rock. Yeah, yeah, I want to get into that. What's the difference between alt-rock and indie rock? I, I don't quite understand. Mm, I thought alt-rock is a little is a little more edge. Alt-rock is more edge. This So this is alt-rock, right? Indie rock is cool. Alt-rock is more like pop rock. See, in my head, alt-rock is more like Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine, Pearl Jam. Smashing Pumpkins and Rage Against Machine are not same same to me. Okay, but, well, whatever. But, yeah. They're, they're going to get played on the same radio. Smashing stage. Pumpkins and Pearl Jam are super poppy, right? I see. I think that's considered alt rock. Uh, yeah, I think I think what you think is alt, what you think is indie, is not alt. Indie no. is like guided by voices and pixies and sort of like artistically like things that Spin Magazine love were critical darlings. That's indie. Alt is more like Linkin Park and gigantic bands. Yeah, well, Pearl Jam. Right, Pearl Jam. Games. Right, right. Big pop bands. Like, right. I think of alt not being punk. Alt can't... No, no, no. Alt's definitely not punk. Right. Punk's its own thing. Right, exactly. Right. Alt... See, to me, alt is more popular. Like, these bands, Pearl Jam sold millions of records. Like, R.E.M. Yeah, yeah. That's closer to alt. But indie, you can't sell a lot of records because then you're no longer indie. You become something else. That's the key right. to being indie is being unpopular. Well... <laughs> but it's its own genre, so it's definitely going to be popular. When I think of indie, I think of, uh, like, Jewel. Am I wrong about that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I mean, listen, to each their own. Like, you could like Jewel. Yeah, I mean, they used to be called College Rock. That's yeah. how it was at the back of Rolling Stone. And, and the R.E.M. Spin Doctors right. were one of those college but rock But that was the 80s. Then in the 90s, so, I think you had to become, I think, like, to me, Nirvana. the ultimate... The two godfathers of indie rock to me are, and this is my genre, obviously, are the Pixies and Dinosaur Jr. Right. Like, that is like, you got to be... The Cranberries? Really, no. That's no, that's alt. That's pop. I mean, 
all pop. Whatever. You have to be really unpopular to be indie. Like, once you be in the... It, there like was a Weezer. time... What about Weezer? Nah, they became a little too big to become indie. Well, I'm just I, saying, I how did they start? They yeah. started as They indie. started indie, but then you become popular, and then the major uh, labels come See, sniffing what, around. It's funny. Perloff and I have such a different idea of what pop is. To me, pop is Britney Spears, yes. Sync, Backstreet right. Boys... Madonna, Michael Jackson. Um, even though I guess Michael Jackson also, some of his stuff could be R&B and stuff like that. Right. But I Early think disco, yeah. when I think of yeah. pop, I think of those types of bands. I do, that's Black right. Pink, that's what like that, that. You're, you're exactly right. That's what pop music is. But when Pearl Jam sells a million records, they're no longer indie. That's my point. Well, but they're, they're still alt rock. <laughs> there Here you I go. Up, top I, top I, I indie think... rock artists. Pixies, Modest Mouse. Arcade Fire, which actually became very popular. Pavement, Dinosaur Jr., Arctic Monkeys, Interpol. Like, that's that's different than Linkin Park, uh, Spin Doctors, Goo Goo Dolls. Alt-Rock is a little more poppy to me. I don't know. Bogus, you want to get in this conversation? Where does Dave Matthews' band fall on this spectrum? Jammy? They used to be, like, all these bands used to be indie. Dave Matthews used to be indie. Then he became too popular and became something else. Yeah, I mean... They're, they are up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but there are certainly non-rock and roll artists in that, so that doesn't even count either. I don't I don't know what you'd put them in. Are you going to try to go to that induction as, like, a fan? Yeah. Well, they got to get in first. They're, up for, they're a nominee yeah. again this oh, year. Oh, they've been shot out before. They they won. Yeah, you want to get deep in the woods here or no? Nah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> as well. They won the are. fan vote two years ago. There's a fan vote part of this. They got the most fan votes but then didn't get in. Do you think that they take that as a badge of honor or is it like stuff in the ballot box a little like remember Steve Francis used to always be a starter in the all-star game because he was playing alongside Yao Ming. So everyone in China would vote for Yao and it's like, oh, and we also know Steve Francis because he's Yao's point guard. If you're getting into the Hall of Fame, don't you want to be known as like a critical acclaim, like your peers, not the fans? Yeah, I also I feel like no one actually values the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know any artist that seems to really care about getting into that. I think it means you sold a ton of records. I mean, I don't think it's critical. I mean, Hall & Oates are both in there, I assume. (laughs) No critic has ever been like, wow, Hall & Oates is like at the top of their game. I think, I mean, sorry, Bilotti, but generally, (laughs) don't you think it's selling a lot of records is the key to get into (laughs) the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think you're even writer than you believe. I I think that there are certain standards, like, uh, like benchmarks. Benchmarks you have to hit to even be under consideration. Like John Bon Jovi got in, and one of the big things was how right. many records he sold. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, John Bon Jovi wasn't a critical darling. He was a popular artist. Right. I think it's for both, right? I, I, I think you're wrong, though. I think the artists themselves do care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, if you say so. God. I've heard more than one or people that just don't. Yeah, probably the people didn't get in. No. <laughs> Easy to say. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to, you know, who needs the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? But if they called, I'm sure that, that you'd go. I'm still having problems and struggling with this concept of indie bands. I feel like. Well, let me ask you, EJ, in the rap world, are there critical darlings who have not sold a lot of records? Yeah. yeah. Those are the indie rock or this the, the indie version. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. maybe a little more than like Mixer, but... Mike. You would you would say right. he's someone who hasn't sold a million records. Now, he just won a Grammy, and that was like, mm. that was like. And a great achievement because of because it was Killer Mike. Right. Then he got arrested. I feel like Kendrick <laughs> Lamar was indie, and then he became too popular and lost that. Yeah. That, that but, but I guess stigma. what is weird to me is that I, like I don't in rap we don't consider that really a genre per se. I mean, yeah, yeah. people will say, "Oh, I'm an independent artist," but honestly, underground maybe independent artists in rap really means you're just not signed to a major label. 
which even that is like sometimes false because they'll say I'm not signed to you know Def Jam, but they're signed to under the, the subsidiary. Table. Right. Yeah, 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 and they're like, oh wait, that that's still Universal Music, so sorry. it doesn't matter. Can I just read you? And I'm sorry, we're getting way off track. The nominees for this year's Hall of Fame for rock and roll because they're all bands that I would thought are already in. Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Eric B. and Rakim, Forner, Peter Frampton, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, and Sinead O'Connor, and Ozzy Osbourne. Those are all, those feel like Hall of Famers to me. What is this, Ken? How many nominees do you have in one but year? Holy everyone crap. I just named. Everyone, everyone under the sun. There's 12 nominees. They don't all get in. But that's pretty much, are those sound that, like Hall of Famers to that, me. That should be the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe the, maybe the there's nominees. a log jam like there was at wide receiver for a long time. Ozzy Osbourne's <laughs> on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's one of the first people in there. Ozzy Osbourne. Maybe he was one of the people that Bogus said didn't care about getting in. See? Mariah Carey, too. She feels like she would be in. She sold more records than anyone. Um, Cher? Cher. Wait, Cher's <laughs> yeah. not a Rock and Roll could, Hall of Famer? Could, could it be a thing where these, these uh, artists were not available at the time to go accept so, the award? Right. Or, Scheduling or conflict? Didn't, wanna, didn't want the award? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, say, I don't. I think you always want the award. Yeah, but maybe I think Bogus was hitting it. There's more to it than just the best bands. Like there might be some politicking or I something. Know, but look at all the people you mentioned. Oh I my mean, god, they're amazing. They're critical acclaim and commercial acclaim. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Mariah Carey. The critics love be, her. If she has a connection to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then I want to know what kind of connections you need. I mean, Mariah Carey's is about as connected as anybody in the music industry, right? No yeah. Wonder, no wonder why Dave Matthews has been shut out. Ozzy Osbourne. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I mean, they should probably have to wait their turn. Here's one that we all can argue: Cool and the Gang are not in the Rock and oh, Roll Hall of Fame. Be there. Can you oh, imagine the goodness. world? The world without the song "Celebration." <laughs> no. Well, who we do at, at weddings? I don't know. Also, uh, the. Get down, get down. That Isn't that cool? Oh, I don't know. I, I think Once you get past celebration, then it's anybody's <laughs> guess if it's Earth, Wind, and Fire or Cool in the Gang. All I know is that no wedding would exist without any of these. You're right. Wedding, anniversary. The, I mean, the, the Hall of Fame was created in 1983, so it might simply just be an issue of like, well, it's kind of new. How many people get in each year? That's the other thing. It's 12 nominees. But right, so it can't be 12. It's got to be probably half of that, probably. So Six a year, though. You shouldn't have this kind of log jam again. Know, it started with a history of music. I mean, you can go back to probably the 50s. Listen, Tory Holt should be in. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Tory Holt got in, by the way, right? No. He no. didn't get in? No. Oh, it's crazy. Bruce I'm still, got mad. In? I'm still did, mad about did it. Did the other guy get in? Who? What other guy? Ike Bruce? Isaac Bruce? Isaac no. Bruce, no. Only Andre Johnson got in. Yes. Tory Holt has Again, not gotten in yet? There's a log jam at wide receiver, just like there's a log jam with Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Dave Matthews Band. I mean, honestly, to me, right now, we should campaign for Charday and Tory Holt. <laughs> <laughs> She's nominated. I... And Cool in the Gang. This is Cool in the Gang, right? Yes. Thank you. Jungle Boogie, also Cool in the Gang. I mean... I'm Honestly, sorry. like, whose leg do you have to hump to get in this Hall of Fame? This it's song is amazing. Good. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I this feel is why people don't like it. I feel guilty for sidetracking, but Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick would actually take three hours of the show and do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees and talk about nothing else. I he, only know about John Fogarty because of Dan Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Dan would do an hour and a half on Super Tramp and not even think twice about it. <laughs> <laughs> he originally wanted to be a rock and roll DJ. He actually, that was his first job. So he loved this kind of debate. I bet he's doing Foreigner right now. They're going to lead yeah. with it. They're on the air in two hours. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. I know EJ loves that band. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Queens. Well, also, Tribe Called Quest, that's now like classic hip-hop. Yeah, Wait, I know. Yeah. Can I? Foreigner's not in there. Foreigner, come on! I know. Did you see Mick Jones? Unfortunately, uh, just revealed he has got Parkinson's. Oh no! Which is sad. Terrible. I know. He was great. Interviewed him once. DMB. Wow. 
He's, he's an Airbnb Rock him on that list, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got to get in, too. It's like Scott, the God MC. Foreigner's not in? I just don't understand why they can't. Why can't we just it just be the Music Hall of Fame? They need to change the name. Right. I totally agree with that. Why can't it be the Music Hall of Fame? This distinction doesn't bother me that much, because we all know. I think it's technically the Naismith Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> 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 yeah. That clears it's, it up. It's, it's a contributors to the game fame. is yeah. how you get in. Uh, Andrew, yes. Mary J. Blige is not when you say rock and roll. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that, we're, that, she's big in my house. My wife loves her. But no, like, there's non-rock. Just make it music. I don't know why we got we need to limit the name or we're gonna go over the place. It's great. Just call it the music hall of fame. And, and duck songs too. Like the logical Ooh, song. I like that idea. That's a good <laughs> idea. And and duck songs. albums. And duck albums for sure. Right. Thriller. Definitely albums. But why not just the artist? Doubt. Um, I think that there are certain songs to Peace Point and albums that should be kind of put on its own pedestal as like this was S t- S tier. This is special. Right. Yeah, because- but you would just get the artist and the producer in. Like Quincy Jones yeah. is going to be in and Michael Jackson's going to be in for Thriller. But you can't put the whole band for Chumbawamba in. You got to do that. But that's the one where it applies, right? They're not going to get in except for their one song. Yeah, that song. Well, one hit wonders. You yeah, think they should like, have a, a wing? Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. There are one hit wonders. There are people who have one yeah. great album. Like yeah. they should. They should. Like Los Del Rio no. should be in there for the Macarena. Los Del Rio. We should have a separate Hall of Fame for one hit wonders. <laughs> Just uh, Dexy's Midnight. It should be a separate category every year. One hit wonders. Like the Legends I mean, Committee. Dare I say? Dare I say? March. March. Brown. Bracket? Oh. I actually had a thought about a March oh. bracket, but we could do one hit wonders. Oh my gosh. Let the dogs out. Come on. They were actually singing that when I went to Hibachi the other night. Who I don't know out? why who let the dogs out broke out in a New Jersey I, Hibachi. I went to a dog cafe in um in Baltimore and you know the dogs are running around and playing and of course I walk in, what are they playing? Who let the dogs out? <laughs> it was the best thing ever. I was like, this is so unbranded, but I love it. They have a dog cat? I've heard of cat cafes. Oh, yes. Uh, there's this place. I forgot the name of it. But you can go. It's like you, you just let your dog go run around. There's like a little playground or whatever. And you can go eat food. You bring your own dog. You bring your own dog. You bring your own dog. And a bark, so, bark Social is what it's called. My names came to my head. You go. Bring your dog. <laughs> let them off the leash. Right. There are people that to watch them to make sure they're not like roughhousing or whatever. And you can go there, drink some, you can drink some alcohol, <laughs> you can have some coffee, you can have some pizza, and just hang out for a little bit. It's a great place. They can never do it in New York City, but Baltimore has it, and I, I think they should have them all over the country. Wow. By the way, another left turn. Best line in the movie Trolls World Tour, which you guys may have not seen yet. <laughs> also a Hall of Fame nominee. Years. Justin Timberlake gets arrested for playing too many pop songs, and he, him and he's sitting there with a... Someone in jail, he goes, who let the dogs out was too much, wasn't it? And that's why he got arrested. This is the trolls all of a sudden, like communist Russia, you get thrown in jail for playing too many pop uh, songs? Trolls World Tour is an all-timer. Uh, yeah, Justin Timberlake was saying, who let the dogs out? And they're like, you're going to prison. <laughs> Baja men, baby, put him in the Hall of Fame. Just a song. Just a song. So the Baja men go kick rocks. Your song gets in, none yeah, of you. Exactly. I have the right band, right? Baja men? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he you said do. that sadly. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because uh, I'm confused with the Bahamut. <laughs> different. Uh, Bogus is here. Uh, save us. Uh, I'll do my best. How about a Johnny Manziel check-in? Apparently, now was the time to tell us that he tried to break the rules at Texas A&M back in 2014. My dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutman and pretty much went to him man-to-man and was like, we'll take three million bucks. And we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as, as today as he did when he told me. He laughed. 
he did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and right. gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, pff, he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. Now, we can get to Kevin Sumlin, but this, and even Shannon Sharp, I think, gets confused because Johnny keeps continues to go and Shannon has to bring him back to the point of, you guys walked into Kevin Sumlin's office and said, we'll stay for two years if you give us $3 million, which was very much not allowed in 2019. <laughs> right. Yes, no, this is before NIL, but yeah. to Johnny's point, he says, listen, everyone's doing it. This Correct. is going back 30, 40 years. You don't think there's a bag man at LSU, at Alabama. You know, everyone's got someone. He names LSU and Alabama. Yeah. That wasn't just me picking him out of a hat. Right. And he said, uh, just leave the money somewhere. We don't need it now. It's just for the future. Yes, this is like, he's like, how would we do it? In cash, yep. put it somewhere so mm. that my future's secured. Here's the thing. Manziel's terrible business people because $3 million <laughs> for two years at A&M would have been, first of all, way under market value for what Johnny Manziel was worth at the time. And two, he went to the NFL and was a first-round pick so he ended up making $7 million for three years. <laughs> and the first year, you make $4 million off of just a year. So what? What? how did they come up with the $3 million for two years? Well, maybe they, they couldn't know for sure that people were going to pick him in the first round. So they thought $3 million was better than they knew they had it. I mean, when the Heisman is a freshman, you didn't have an inkling that he was going to be a first-round oh, pick? That was... That was wild. When he, there, he easily could have fallen out of that first round. And yeah. He should have fallen out of that probably first, should have. Out of but, the draft. But they, the NFL yeah. had an inkling that, uh-oh, something's wrong here. No, but they do the – you have people you uh, – a service that tells you about where you're going to get drafted, right? They do a projection for you. Then he, you get invited to New York is like the final straw. One question. He said, run it back for another one. Another what? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> also sad. <laughs> for another nine-win season. No, I mean, they were pretty good. They did get... It's like a seven, I think it was seven and four the last year, right? No, I, I thought they were a little bit... Did they the, end up the, seven the, and four? The, the first year, when he went to Heisman, yeah, well, he they, lost they were two pretty games. good. I think they, were like, they won 11 games. No, and he oh. says one of his biggest regrets is that he screwed up that second season. Was it at the bowl game against? Am I uh, against Duke? Yeah, they played yeah. it up against Duke, and they won that game. So I thought maybe they ended up with a few more wins, but I could be wrong. So he actually says, "I listened to a little of this Johnny Manziel interview. It's definitely interesting if you think Manziel is really true about kind of turning his life around, but he definitely airs some grievances. He says that um, he wishes, in retrospect, he had lost that Duke game. He's like, I wouldn't have gotten drafted, but I would have been, I, I would have come back to college, and I needed mm. to mature more." Yeah, big mea culpa, too, about apology. The biggest apology that I actually believe that he gave to Shannon Sharp, sorry, I don't know if you were going to play this bogus, I don't want to step on you, um, was to LeBron. So he signed in Cleveland. LeBron and Maverick Carter put all their resources into him, put a team around him. Uh, LeBron would text him, come over to the house, come watch movies with me, come to poker night, and he just, like, could not accept LeBron's. Like, LeBron wanted to mentor him. Behind the scenes, not even just like for the credit of it. He just wanted to mentor him and, and make money off him, sure, as an agent. And uh, and Johnny just like blew him off. Yeah. I mean, I had so much hope for Johnny. I I, th I was into the Browns then. But the first game was against, I think, Andy Dalton and the, and the Bengals. Remember his first game, there was so much hype and they lost 
30 to nothing. Mm. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, his yeah, first NFL game is like, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, also, I think the Browns was the wrong team for him at the time because their ownership has been unsteady. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe... Uh, I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. Maybe if he had landed with a strong Andy Reid or something, that things could have been better. He probably would have been better served as a later round pick. Maybe not. Maybe he was going to screw this up no matter what. Yeah, yeah, but being a first round pick in Cleveland was oh, not the place to yeah, go. It's a revolving door. Yeah, for sure. Bogus. I'm sorry. As we've been discussing all morning, the college football bracket is 12 teams. Maybe for the next two seasons, only CFP officials began considering. A 14-team tournament yesterday in Dallas. They need a final decision on that, as well as revenue sharing and governance to lock in a new TV deal. And those final decisions are needed within the next month. And Messi and Inter-Miami and MLS all back last night. Miami, a 2-0 home win over Real Salt Lake on opening night. Messi involved in both goals Got the official assist on the first one. Guys, back to you. Andrew Bogish, thank you so much. Coming up, uh, some big, big decisions to be made by NFL teams starting now. Right now. What are they? We'll tell you next. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. All right, Perloff, starting earlier this week, Teams can start applying the franchise tag to some of their players, obviously, in the NFL. So a little tag them, don't tag them for some of these big-time stars. First off, let's go from the uh, Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Two options here for a potential tag. Legereus Sneed could be one. Chris Jones could be the other. Would you tag or not tag either of these guys? Oh, my Obviously, you can only use one. Okay. I, Without looking at the science of this, I would... Hey, Chris Jones. I mean, this has got to stop at some point. <laughs> We've been going year by year with this dude forever. And I would tag Sneed if you can't sign him because I love Legereus Sneed. I love McDuffie, too. I like everything they're doing here. But can we just pay Chris Jones and move on with this? I can't do that headline anymore. Which direction would Listen, you go? Legereus Sneed, you could argue, is one of the biggest reasons why they are were in the Super Bowl to begin with. Punching out the would-be yep. touchdown from Zay Flowers in the AFC Championship game, I mean, essentially 
uh, was one of the biggest plays of the game. How about when Chris Jones shed his blocker and blocked that pass from Lamar Jackson on third down? Nobody else in the league could do that stuff. Not to mention Chris Jones getting home on Brock Purdy oh, in the yeah. Super Bowl. I, you got to find a way for both of these guys. Now, right. So, but do you agree you got to make Chris Jones the highest paid defensive lineman? I'm sorry, that's just a reality of the situation. Okay, but you you can do that with Chris Jones, but and he already said I want to come back, so not exactly using uh, the negotiating uh, table <laughs> the way you should. But Legarius Need came out and told Kay Adams, "I want to get paid." So even yeah. if you put the franchise tag on him, is he going to show up? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to make this super uncomfortable? For a team that's riding off all these good vibes. I'm just more scared of Chris Jones than I am Legereus Need. I figure a quarterback can't disrupt the locker room like Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones sat out. What did he sit out? The first game. First game. It wasn't that disruptive. At least he was in the building, as I recall. Yes, which was he was very sitting in a suite with his agents. <laughs> uh, I just think it's a matter of Jones was there first. He's been doing this contract thing for three years now with Kansas City. Get that done, and Sneed eventually will get there. Uh, T. Higgins, to tag, yeah. not to tag. 100% tag. Do you n- don't want to give him a long-term contract? I I actually do not. Why? Uh, I mean, I do, but I think he's going to want to be the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. I think he's going to want $30 million plus, and I don't know how you do that long-term. So you got to run it back this year and admit you're going to lose him moving forward. I, be, I, I saw the numbers he's asking or was looking for. You can't have, you know, the Chiefs couldn't even have one Tyreek Hill. The Bengals are going to have to have two Tyree kills with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You can do this for one year with a tag. You cannot do it long-term. Well, and the Joe Burrow contract hasn't even kicked in yet. No, he signed the biggest deal, biggest by average yeah. annual value. We'll remember that famously because Perloff lost that bet to me and had to eat a bowl of Skyline chili with his ah. hands. One of the great all-time moments on this show. $20 million is the franchise tag number for wide receivers. Uh I think you also tag T. Higgins, and I think he'll show up. I think he'll play on the tag. And then this is going to get a little bit of an all-in feel maybe with yeah, the Bengals next year. I totally agree with that. you got to feel like you're missing out You know, with Burrow ending the season injured before his big contract kicks in. You know, this sort of, all right, we've got to, you know, the window starts to shrink pretty fast here. Like, the window's always open when you have Joe Burrow, but it does get harder to team build once those contracts kick in. Okay, finally, Saquon Barkley. You're going to tag this guy again if you're the Giants? I mean, first of all, I don't think they want to pay this much for running back again. Um, Saquon Barkley, I think, will be somewhere else starting next season. I think the Cowboys regretted tagging Tony Pollard last year once they saw how the market played out. For that very reason, the Giants will not tag him. Also, it's a matter of, oh, my God, are we doing this again? Don't you think? I don't know. The NFL teams are probably more analytical than this, but the narrative is getting exhausting with Saquon. Well, but Saquon, to his credit, showed up, showed up early, didn't hold out, wasn't a pain in the butt, thinking more about, you know, I don't want to tick the fans off and get them against me. Why the fans ever side with management? I never understand this. Uh But they messed up. The Giants messed up. They should have tagged Daniel Jones, and they should have actually come to an agreement with Saquon Barkley, and they didn't do it. Now they're picking sixth. They could have had another quarterback, but instead you're going to run it back with Daniel Jones. Have fun, Giants. Could tag Saquon and trade him. That's what I would do. Tag and trade, but again, now you're going to ask someone else to pick up that tab. At least you get something for him because it's not happening. I want to reset if I'm the Giants, too. I do not want to see anybody. I don't want to see Jones or Saquon there long term. Coming up Thursdays at this time, we do the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. This is a doozy. Don't move. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.